Welcome to the Guiding Mind Podcast. I am your host, Eric Almeida, and today I thought we'd have some fun and listen to some famous male comedians give their perspectives on what it's like to be a man. I'm a huge comedian fan, and one of the awesome things that the gifts that comedians give to us is that unique perspective. They, they say the things that are taboo to say, but that have that level of truth to them. So I found a video of a couple of male comedians talking about men. Fair warning, I only watched a tiny bit. I want to be completely surprised before going further into it. It's vulgar right from the get-go, so you've been warned. But let's just have some fun together, and I'll just give my commentary on some of the things they're saying at the same time. So our first comedian is uh, Louis C.K. You know, it's really sad about men that we can't have a beautiful thought about a woman that isn't followed by a disgusting thought <laughs> about that same woman. We're not capable of it. We can't do one without the other. If you're a woman and a guy's ever said anything romantic to you, he just left off the second part. <laughs> that would have made you sick <laughs> if you could have heard it. That's how our brains work. She's an angel, and I want her to drown in my cum. <laughs> That's the closest we can get to poetry in our hearts. <laughs> so we love you. We really so do. Much truth to that. We think you're angel. So there's something a men are capable of that sense of beauty, like he's talking about, of having that genuine love and affection and admiration for another woman but there is that deeper primal part of it of like claiming her in that way and he's certainly going with a very think think the dog marking his territory he's just taking that to a much, much more grotesque and we want you to drown in our cum <laughs> we want to drench your angel wings that carry you to heaven with our sticky gooey disgusting jism that's what we want. I'm sorry. It's just the way we are. Now, something a little more positive uh, for you. George Carlin. Don't want you to think the whole show is just negativity. This is about a festival. This is my idea for one of those big outdoor summer festivals. This is called Slugfest. Okay. This is for men only. Here's what you do. You get about 100,000 of these fucking men. You know the ones I mean, these macho motherfuckers. Yeah, these strutting, preening, posturing, hairy, sweaty, alpha male jack-offs. <laughs> the muscle assholes. You take about 100,000 of these disgusting pricks, and you throw them in a big dirt arena, big 25-acre dirt arena, and you just let them beat the shit out of each other for 24 hours nonstop. No food, no water, just whiskey and PCP. <laughs> and you just let them punch and pound and kick the shit out of each other until only one guy is left standing. Then you take that guy and you put him on a pedestal and you shoot him in the fucking head. Yeah. Yeah. Then you put the whole thing on TV. Budweiser would jump at that shit in half a minute. And guys would volunteer. Guys would line up. All you got to do is promise them a small appliance of some kind. Men will do anything. Just give them something that plugs in the wall and makes a whirring noise. <laughs> Here's another male cliche. 
These guys who cut the sleeves off of their t-shirts so the rest of us can have an even more compelling experience of smelling their armpits. <laughs> I said, hey, Bruno, shut it down, would you please? You smell like an anchovy's cunt, okay? We're going to take a quick break from that episode and just ask for you to like and subscribe uh, to the podcast. It helps the channel out a ton. And share it with your friends. If you're enjoying the episode, share it around. I greatly appreciate it. That bravado, that like need to one up the other guy to that like alpha male kind of stuff. That is so true. There, There is this and you can see it in different forms of male culture. Like, yes, there is the macho man, like the example that he gave of like the arena where it gets they start just killing each other. But then like you, you'll see it in nerd and like nerd culture where it's like the nerds will out nerd each other. You know, the geeks will outgeek each other. There, there is something really primal for men about that kind of competition. This is the same kind of guy that has that barbed wire oh, tattoo God. that goes all barbed the way around tattoo. the bicep. You've seen that, haven't you? That's just what I need. Some guy who hasn't been laid since the bicentennial <laughs> wants me to think he's a bad motherfucker because he's got a picture, ah ha ha, a painting of some barbed wire on his eyes. Hey, Junior, come around when you have the real thing on there. I'll squeeze that shit on good and tight for you, okay? No kidding. No kidding. This is the same kind of guy, if you, if you smashed him in the face eight or nine times with a big chunk of concrete and then beat him over the head with a steel rod for an hour and a half, you know what? He dropped like a fucking rock. <laughs> like a rock. The barbed wire tattoo, an older thing, it's not as common today, but you still see it floating around. That totally reminds me of, you see the guys who put like the balls on the, on the back of their cars. It's that, it's that same kind of like, of like, you know, I'm a man, I'm masculine, I'm all blah, blah, blah. And it's, they have to like, they put that kind of stuff on and it's kind of like, all right, sure. Whatever you say. And speaking of tough guys, I'm getting a little tired of hearing that after six policemen get arrested for shoving a floor lamp up some black guy's ass and ripping his intestines out, the police department announces they're going to have sensitivity training. I say, hey, if you need special training to be told not to jam a large cumbersome object up someone else's asshole, maybe you're too fucked up to be on the police force in the first place. Huh? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. So for frame of reference, George Carlin passed away several years ago. This particular broadcast, I'd have to look up the year, is long before the George Floyd stuff. It's long like this is this is years and years and years ago. And he's got a solid point. If you're a guy and you need to be taught not to to you not to be excessively abusive while you're in the role of a police officer, if that's something that you need to receive, then that isn't a good place for you to be. If you can't control your impulses, if if you're put into a place of serious danger, which is what it means to be a police officer, just like being in the military, you're being put in perpetual danger. If you aren't able to handle that kind of strain on yourself, if you go straight to these uber-violent responses, you're not ready to do that kind of role and you need more training in that kind of way. So he's, he's hitting the nail on the head that some men are drawn into those roles, 
but they don't have enough self-control and a self-discipline to do it well. And it's not all police officers. It's not all military personnel, of course, but they're in there and it, it's tainting the entire field. All right. Oh God, Bill This Burr. is how it works with Bill guys. A classic. Anytime you do anything remotely sensitive, heartwarming, anything that's gonna make you more of a loving, caring individual, immediately all your guy friends suggest that maybe, just maybe, you wanna suck a dick. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. Even if you do something smart, right? Like it's raining out. He's got an umbrella. What a fag. Oh my God. What are you afraid of the water? Put your shoulders up, you fucking homo. Jesus Christ. Would you pull that thing out of your ass? Oh, it's brutal. It doesn't even have to make sense. So some of you might be massively offended by that. As a gay man, I am laughing my ass off at what he's saying because it's so true that any kind of vulnerability, any kind of emotion, even something as trivial as using an umbrella, there is that sense of other men just kind of dogpiling on, on them. Society is starting to be, allow for men to be a little bit more emotionally expressive than they have been in the past, there's still at the end of the day, a level of stigma behind it. And so men have to walk that delicate line of like, how do I be vulnerable while also receiving this onslaught of judgment from, from the guys around him? And that's why men are still pretty shy, not even the right word, skittish about being emotionally vulnerable because this this does happen. This certainly does happen. You carved a pumpkin? What do you do next? Carve some guy's ass with your cock? What a fake! What are you gonna blow a scarecrow? Dude, get away from me with your gay little pumpkin. <laughs> Oh, it's brutal. Dude, what are you a fag is the reason why guys drop at 55 out of fucking nowhere. It's literally from five decades of just suppressing the urge to like hug a puppy, admit a baby's cute, say you want a cookie. You just gotta keep pushing it down like, fuck that, I'm not sucking dick. I'm not sucking dick. Right? Yeah. He's dead right. They're suppressing their feelings. It comes out in this bullshit. And then one day, one day you're in a Denny's and they forget to put bananas in your pancakes. You just have like an aneurysm and your head slams off that sticky table. And the last thing you hear before it all goes black is your friends go, he got bananas in his pancakes. What a fag. Oh my God, it wasn't sweet enough with the syrup, you fairy. Hey, bring another one over hole and shove it up his ass, right? Yeah, because it looks like a dick, right? It looks like a dick. Yeah, I thought it, then I said it. I'm awesome. Yeah. Oh, God. A man gonna be a man. A man is basically as faithful as his options. Oh, boy. Where's Chris Rock going to take that? That's how faithful a man is. No more, no less. And you see all these fat Republican guys going, I would never do such a thing. This is a travesty. I'm like, nobody's trying to blow you. <laughs> Ain't no 20-year-old girls trying to blow Orrin Hatch. Ain't nobody trying Don't to get Luke Gingrich's son. 
I don't give a fuck. You ain't never gonna hear Newt Gingrich go, man, I wish these hoes would back up off me. <laughs> I wish they would just back the fuck up off of brother. Let a player play, shit. That's right. It's damn near impossible for a man to turn down sex. It's hard for a man to turn down sex. See, we can stop chasing it, and even that requires some rehab. <laughs> it's hard for a man to stop. Woo, turn what? If it chases us, we can't run that fast. <laughs> it gonna catch us. We're like, oh, 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 shit. Pull the hamstring. It got me. It got me. It got me. <laughs> you can't run that fast. See, it's easy for women to turn down sex. It ain't shit for y'all to turn down sex. It ain't no thing for y'all to turn down sex. Y'all like, how come you, why can't you turn it down? I do it all the time. I do it all the time. Why can't you say no? I say no. See, it's easy for y'all. You know why? Because every woman in here, ever since you was 13, every guy you met's been trying to fuck you. <laughs> That's right. Women are offered dick every day. Every woman in here gets offered dick at least three times a week. <laughs> three times a day. Shit. So, I work with women as well. And I hear this from my female clients. I hear this from my female friends. That men are in the perpetual hunt of, of a woman and of wanting to have sex and to connect in that kind of way. And Chris Rock is totally right. Men are not used to being chased in that kind of fashion. And so for them, it is unbelievably tempting. And especially today, women are being told to be just as sexually um, exploratory as men are to go out there and to hook up with men in the same way men hook up with women. And trust me, the women will be successful very, very easily. But at the same time, men aren't used to that kind of temptation. It's not, it's not an excuse to cheat, of course. But there's certainly a level of truth of like a man has to develop a sense of restraint upon himself. That's right. Every time a man's being nice to you, all he's doing is offering dick. That's all <laughs> it is. That's all it is. That's all it is. Unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of uh, truth to that. Uh, could I get that for you? How about some dick? Oh, <laughs> uh, could I help you with that? Can I help you with some dick? <laughs> Do you need some dick? Ladies, those who are listening to this, if you dated a guy you weren't friends with him before. Like you met a guy, the intention was to date him and it doesn't work out. Don't friend zone him because this never ends. What Chris Rock is saying here never ends. He will always be, be in, in wanting to see if something might happen. Don't friend zone him. Just walk away. It's the kindest thing that you can do for him is just to walk away. And guys, Stop it. Like, you're just going to make yourself suffer circling around this woman who has told you no a thousand times, waiting for a moment of weakness to take advantage of her. 
you're better than that. Move on, move on and find someone who actually wants to be with you. Not someone who's going to eventually settle with you or is going to be in some vulnerable place and you take advantage of her. That's just gross. Move on. Just that's the thing that, that, that is the biggest advice I would say to, to, when it comes to the dating scene, if you met a person for the intention of it being romantic and it doesn't work out in whatever phase, just end the relationship. Just be done with it. Just walk away and never see each other again. Don't be friends after. Don't play that game. It, it, it's always complicated. The only exception to that, because you have no choice, is if you're talking about a divorce situation where there's kids involved. That other person's always going to be the co-parent. You're stuck in that regard, and that you have to make that one work. But otherwise, especially if it's you barely dated, if the relationship was you barely dated, you're barely seeing each other, you're only together a few months, it wasn't crazy serious, and the relationship just ended, walk the hell away. Be done, end the relationship with them. Don't don't keep it going. Nobody offers us shit. <laughs> we got to fend for ourselves. We can't believe it when we get an offer. We're like, damn, this is my lucky day. <laughs> right man that's right see now this whole this whole this whole monica Lewinsky scandal a lot of this shit is hillary's fault oh boy that's right i said it i said it it had to be said somebody got to say it everybody oh hillary's a hero hillary's a hero no she ain't aquaman's a hero <laughs> so the joke cuts off but once so there's a level of truth to what Chris Rock was saying there. Men do need their sexual needs to be satisfied. That is a comp when a man commits to a woman, part of that commitment is that his sexual needs are going to be satisfied. It's not to say that she's always going. It's not that she is his servant in that way, but that's part of the arrangement. It's, you know, that that part of himself is going to be taken care of in a similar way that when a woman commits to a man, she's expecting a level of loyalty in that way, too. Men expect loyalty, too. Now, women don't always understand that the need for a man to be sexually satisfied is a lot more primitive and a lot more primal and, a, and needs a level of consistency that for a woman isn't as necessary. Like the way I like to describe it is like, how long can you go? Take it this way. Imagine you can only eat with your partner, with your spouse. And Im imagine you always had to eat with them and you can never eat on your own. Imagine how cranky and irritable you'd be if you didn't eat when you were hungry. And the thing is that when it comes to sexual appetite, men get hungrier much faster and much more and have a much more consistency than women do on average. Of course, there's women with high sex drives as well, but men on average tend to have a higher sex drive than women. And so there is this level of truth of that if a man is sexually deprived for a prolonged period of time, weeks or months of no sexual gratification, 
he it's going to make him more tempted to wander. And so once again, that's not an excuse for the man to cheat. He still has to own the fact that he's breaking his vows or that he or breaking the commitment to the relationship if they're not married. That's still on him and that's still screwed up to do. I'm not I'm not excusing men in that regard, but from a sexual standpoint, if that isn't being satisfied for men, that is a huge sign that the relationship is going to go crashing and burning relatively quickly. So from the male perspective, for the guys out there, you need to communicate with your partner, with your with the woman in your life, your girlfriend or your wife, and say and ask them like, hey, like, it's been a while since we've been intimate. This is something that you know, I want to share that I appreciate sharing with you. It's something that, you know, that I'm, I, I'm looking for that kind of connection with you. What, how come it's not happening? You know, what can, what, what, what's going on that's causing you not to be interested because I don't want our relationship to continue like this. And for the woman, if something's going on, you need to tell them, you know, if, you know, you need to tell, you need to tell them you need to have those open conversations and, you know, and if something is going on, if, if you're not trusting him anymore, if something in the relationship changed, that's costing you, causing you not to want to be intimate with him, convey that. And if it can be reconciled, good, fix it. If it can't be reconciled, then you need to have a deeper conversation about what's going on in the relationship. And if the relationship has a future. If you enjoyed that episode and you're looking for more content just like that, then click over here. I've got lots of more videos that you're going to enjoy. Thanks so much.